0: For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit JDPower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or SleepNumber.com. We only know the world outside our sanctuary is death. If you boil the pact down to one rule, it's do not say you want to
1: go outside. A.K.A. my rule during covid Uh, Hello, everyone, and welcome to This Week in Streaming, a part of the Decoding TV Podcast Network and the Decoding TV Podcast feed. I am David Chen, and joining me today for today's episode, she is my partner in podcasting as well as partner in life, Joy O'Napping. We'll call her Joy. Joy, thanks for joining me today.
0: Hello. I'm happy to be here with you.
1: Today on This Week in Streaming, we're going to be discussing Silo, Episodes 1 through 5 on Apple TV+. We will not spoil anything from future week's episodes of Silo. That includes anything from the next time on Preview or the book. You can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com.
0: But we Uh, will have some non-spoiler discussion too, right? In case folks are wondering whether to get into the show. Absolutely. Uh, And yeah, each week on This Week in Streaming, as people know,
1: we cover a show that's new and interesting in the world of streaming. We'll tell you if it's worth watching, and eventually we'll review and spoil and discuss the entire season of the show. So we're covering Silo today. Next week, we're going to be covering Barry. And then once uh, Silo finale airs in a few weeks, we'll be covering the whole season as well. So you can look forward to that. Um, But yeah, that's what is in store for today on the show. Now, I do also want to call out that Joy is so committed to bringing you some high-quality content that she has actually read the book on which Silo is based. It's called Wool, right? Or you've
0: read part of the book. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to be a smug book reader, but... Right now I'm actually a smug partial book reader, which I think is the worst kind of smug book reader. Indeed. So
1: so you have just just uh for timing reasons and to keep it real, you have only read up to the part of the book that we are in in the show, correct?
0: So yeah, yeah we're going to cover the first half of the season, the first 5 episodes today, and I'm basically through that same there is some overlapping, interwoven uh bits, but basically I'm about that far through the book as well.
1: Yeah. Uh, so anyway, uh, you will hear her compare the show to the book, but it will not contain spoilers for future plot developments of the show. Um, And I won't
0: spoil the book in case you decide to pick that up separately.
1: Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I, of course, am sticking with my non-reading ways. I haven't read any part of the book. So, uh, (laughs) let's get into the show and what we're going to do is we're going to start with overall thoughts and whether or not people should watch the show. Then we're going to move into a recap and then specific topics. We'll close off with our favorite quotes from the episode. So let's get into it, Joy. Should people watch Silo? And any overall non-spoilery thoughts on the show?
0: Well, if your jam is hard sci-fi, like wondering what might happen if we ran out of water or all had to live underground or were sent to Mars and had to live on our own, uh, and or you want to relive the airless experience of being trapped inside in the pandemic i think that this show might be for you i actually quite enjoy it what about you
1: i would say it's pretty decent television like very solid very respectable some interesting hard sci-fi elements um yeah i i think it's like a a, a decent mystery box show now here, here's the thing I think it is safe to say it's a mystery box show, which is to say that a lot of the pleasures of the show uh, are derived from trying to figure out what exactly is going on with the show and the history of the characters and the history of this place that they're in. Um, I think it has limited pleasures beyond that, in my opinion. Uh, and we'll talk about that. So those are, those are just some overall thoughts on the show. Joy, I, I actually think you're underselling how much you like the show. Um, Because every time I really
0: enjoy the experience of watching this show, and that's a little different than saying I think this show is flawless or I think this is the best show ever made. But I really just enjoy being in the silo. (laughs) I don't know what that says about me. I am actually less compelled by the sort of puzzle box elements, and I don't really care. I mean, if all we did every episode was spend time on a different level and we got to see what the medical ward was like and then we got to see what the hydroponic tomatoes look like, I would actually be perfectly happy. That is how much I enjoy the world building. Um, And, you know, maybe that's not for everyone. I I actually also slightly dispute whether this is a puzzle box show, um, but we can get there. A little later. Mm. But yeah, I, but I it love sounds like Joy Joy seeing... likes the silo
1: vibes. You like the silo vibes, is that right?
0: I like it's sort of like what if steampunk were with everything made in nineteen eighty, you know? Um I really like that circular economy. Sounds awful. That sounds awful. Uh well you're you're looking at ten episodes of it that cost hundreds of millions of dollars, <laughs> presumably, for Apple mm-hmm. to make. Um And, of course, the acting is great, and it just all feels very steady and very competent. Do I always understand what's going on? No. Do I need to? I feel fine. Like, I feel perfectly confident that it'll work out.
1: That's how I feel about it. I I think competent is a great word to describe it. It is very workmanlike. It's not like, oh, my God, you know, I am not rushing out and telling people they got to watch Silo. Um, But nor, nor do I think it's a bad show. You know, I'm like, hey, every episode... Uh, I enjoy. We uh, it, it answers some questions, introduces new ones, and one thing that's extremely refreshing about the show. Well, actually, you know, I'm not going to get into that until a few sentences from now when we talk about what is actually going on with the plot. Um, but
0: I think fair to say you like it, and I am warmer on it than you are. Yes, like I like it a lot.
1: I would say I I medium like it. You know, low to medium like it, and Joy is uh, likes it a lot. So, can I throw uh,
0: one thing out there? Yeah. Unlike other shows of this type, I think you can actually watch just one episode and decide if it's for you and feel perfectly satisfied after watching that one episode. The source material is a set of short stories and novellas, and that first episode more or less covers about the first short story. And so you can actually feel like you watched a movie. It's about 60 minutes long. So it's on the longer side for an episode and then walk away. And that is so nice that you can sample something without feeling like you have to invest 10 hours of your life into determining whether it was all worth it.
1: I mean, I agree with Joy that watching one episode will give you a good sense of the show. I disagree in the sense that, yes, it's a a nice, relatively self-contained episode, but it introduces so many questions that I can't imagine most people will be satisfied after watching the first episode. So, like, uh, kind of medium disagree with you on that that point. But uh, certainly watching one episode is not a bad – like, yes, I I think you will get a really good sense of the show from the first episode. So definitely check that out. And whether it's for you. Indeed. Indeed. All right. So we are now going to spoil episodes one through five of Silo. All right. Here we go. Uh, Let's get into the recap. There are a few intertwining stories that unfold in the first five episodes of Silo. First is the story of Holston, the sheriff played by David Oyelowo, and his, uh, and Allison, his wife, played by Rashida Jones. They live in the silo, an underground world where human life is sustained after an unknown apocalypse has made life above ground impossible. Through her work in IT, Allison meets a hacker named George and learns that all may not be as it seems, both outside the silo and inside. Allison eventually decides she must find out what lies beyond the silo, even at the risk of her own life. She breaks the cardinal rule of the silo and asks to go outside, where she seems to meet a grim fate. Two years later, George the Hacker is found dead, maybe suicide, but one of his colleagues insists that it's murder. Holston investigates, descending into the lower levels of the silo where George work, along with his deputy, Marnes, played by Will Patton. The colleague turns out to be Juliet, played by Rebecca Ferguson, an engineer in charge of running the generator that powers the entire silo. As we start to follow Juliet's story, we learn more of what George has uncovered, some of which she shares with Holston and some of which she keeps to herself. Holston promises Juliet he will look into George's death further, but he becomes consumed with what George and Allison might have uncovered, and he decides that he too wants to go outside and discover for himself what happened to his wife. Again, the outcome seems grim. Uh, and I'll just elaborate on that a little bit. We see George go outside and collapse on the ground, seemingly dead. Uh, but who knows if that's actually what happened. Anyway, to everyone's surprise, Juliet is Holston's pick to replace him as sheriff. This leads to a scramble for power and influence inside the silo. Mayor Johns meets Juliet and backs her, then ends up poisoned to death. Maron's the deputy also comes around on Juliet and gets his skull caved in. The mysterious judicial department seems behind all these moves, or maybe it's Tim Robbins' and IT question mark? Anyway. That is some of the stuff that happened in the first five episodes. Obviously, we couldn't cover everything. There's a lot going on. Uh, but that gives you a kind of sense of, of uh, the flavor of what's, what's happening in the show. Um so now that we've mentioned some of the the bigger plot elements you know let's let's talk about like other overall thoughts before moving on into specific topics. The thing I was going to say in the pre uh, spoiler section is one thing I really like about the show is it's it's not afraid to kill off characters. Um David Oyelowo and Rashida Jones are a huge part of the marketing of this show and boom literally within like two episodes they're both dead. Now they may in fact still be alive um, but they 're out of the show as far as we know, like episodes I think three, four and five don 't contain them at all um, so it 's very possible they 're dead, and even if they 're not functionally in the plot they 're dead because they 're no, no, the sto- yeah, no longer part of the main yeah they 're no longer part of the main story uh, and i I have to admire a show that you know uh, Game of Thrones with uh, Sean Bean being like one of the canonical examples of like advertising a show with big stars and then just killing them off uh in the first season. I do think though that there is a lot of death in this show. I think on average, of one person has died per episode. um, Like one person
0: whose name you know, yeah, yeah, one person,
1: a named character who's like uh, pretty important to the plot. And uh, I, I kind of like am a fan that they're like move. They're moving to me that implies that they're moving the story along rather briskly. And I actually think that's a strength of the show. Is It's rare that I get the feeling that, oh, it's dragging out this mystery for, like, eight episodes. You know, there's some that are like that, but most of the time, it asks a question, it answers it. Somebody murdered so-and-so, and and then a couple episodes later, you know who murdered the person. You know, like, uh, it introduces new mysteries, but overall— It's almost
0: like descending level by level down a spiral staircase into the bowels of the workings of this story.
1: Indeed. So, anyway, that's one thing I actually am a big fan of in the show. Joy, as you reflect back on the five episodes, is there anything kind of— uh, that you want to bring up about the pacing or the overall arc of the show?
0: I mean, it's brisk, like you said. It was so hard for me to write that plot summary because so much plot occurs just in five episodes. Of course, at the same time, they're having to build out this world you haven't seen before. And so, and allowing you visually to like linger in different parts of it because it kind of just looks interesting. Um, and they do time jumps back and forth. So, in order to orient you to all of that, the episodes are long. You know, they're 60 minutes each, it feels like, for the first three or four episodes. I think they earn that runtime. It never felt like it dragged to me. Um, and what it feels like is really that the first episode and a half is a prequel, like it's the inciting set of events for everything that comes afterward. Um, and you get a sense that it's almost like, we talked about a self-contained story about Holston and his wife, Allison, but I, for me, I mean, maybe it's just cause David Oyelowo was great. And so is Rashida Jones. It really still has a lot of emotional punch for me um, in that first episode and a half arc that they've got. And I understand why it's such a cataclysmic. Um, I, I don't know that it's going to be cataclysmic, but it feels like a very threatening, you know, chain of events that's about to occur.
1: Uh, I think the David Oyelowo and Rashida Jones plot has been the strongest by far, you know, and you really get to know them, the two of them, you're spending time with them, they're trying to have a child, but it doesn't work out. They're obviously both extremely talented actors. Um, and then I feel like the show is kind of has largely shifted its focus to... The Juliet Nichols character. She's kind of the new protagonist that I think we're we're following throughout the rest of the show. Hard um, to
0: say because people just keep dying left and right. People die so and left all, for and all right, you so know, knows. Juliet's gonna get thrown off a balcony for a second time, you know, in the next episode, and then we'll have a different protagonist entirely. It'll be that guy we keep seeing in the cafeteria.
1: That's just a real power move, though, to have like big stars in your show, and then boom, you're killing them off or they're they're gone. Um, but it does mean also you know the, the flip side of that, the downside is that Uh, sometimes other plot lines may compare unfavorably to the ones that have them in it. So uh, The other thing is that I I think that there are a couple of big set pieces in the show uh, that I think are actually pretty solid. Like I want to say episode two or three. Episode three, I think, is the one with the generator. Is that the one, right? Um, I think so, yeah. Where basically (laughs) uh, Holston has said, hey, Juliet, you can be... The I want you to be the sheriff, and Juliet says, Okay, I'll take the job, but on one condition, gotta fix the generator first. Which is like, I don't really see how those things are connected, but whatever. Uh, and, and then there's this massive set piece where they try to fix the generator, and it's actually like pretty well done. This is like, this would feel at home in a mid to high budget action film. And yeah, I thought they did a solid job of explaining the stakes. It's kind of like a heist, basically, where they need to like shut down this generator and replace a piece of it. Um, And it's pretty well done. And so even just as like a kind of action sci-fi piece of work, genre, uh, piece of genre fiction, I do think it it largely succeeds. You know, that, that, those two episodes with uh, Rashida Jones and David Oyelowo's character, then the generator episode, like that's the first three episodes that won a lot of credit for the show with me. So I'm like, okay, you, you've got, there's a lot of competence here. And so I'm willing to like, see, see where this goes um
0: but what if it goes to a love story between two characters you don't know a lot about the mayor and the deputy and also to common throwing a guy off of the balcony
1: out of nowhere yeah i mean there's there are some weaknesses of the show like there's a romance between uh the uh what's his name Marnes, who was played by will will Patton, and mayor johns uh who's played by geraldine james like they they have a kind of mini romance, like, I've always loved you for many, many years, um, but we really don't get enough time with those characters for that relationship to mean very much, unfortunately. I feel like
0: all we needed was just a little sprinkle that it was coming, but it does feel like it's really out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, and th- those two characters have great chemistry, so it's like, that goes a long way, but um, I-, I do think this kind of goes to my central complaint of the show, which is that aside from the mystery elements... Uh I I don't know that they like, like the the show brings up a lot of really interesting thematic questions, you know. Um how do you keep a population that's trapped in one location under control? Um you know, what are the things that you need to provide for them? What are the things you take away from them to make sure that they are subjugated basically? Um how do you psychologically control them basically? Uh those are interesting questions. But beyond the kind of plot driven aspects some of the character stuff is a little weaker the mayor johnson and um marne's love story question mark being one of them right and there's other questionable connections as well in the show but yeah you know joy what do you think of that like you seem to just like the show based on vibes isn't that right
0: I feel like it's a little insulting to call it just vibes. Like the art direction of this show is really, really, I think, incredible. Um, I am a smug partial book reader, um, so it doesn't look like what the book describes exactly. But the amount of effort that goes into imagining what the recycling looks like and what the different levels contain and how much um, the concrete just looks worn, it looks like you know, I feel like many universities have like a library or a science building that was built in the 60s out of concrete and then like what if that thing was never cleaned? Like that's what the inside of the silo looks like. Um and I appreciate the extremely elaborate set dressing. And it's down to details like pretty much everyone wears the same three or four colors, and I assume that's because those are the colors that they can produce as dye in this world. Um or um, There are many ways in which they have niceties, but there are also ways in which they have um, scarcity. Yeah. And so like w- the fact that the universe, to me, it feels pretty setting aside whether I think it's believable that you would have cows in an underground silo with all their methane emissions and their need to digest so much grass. Um, Setting that aside, I do feel like it's a very lived-in and believable world.
1: You know what I just realized?
0: And and that's, to me, not vibes. That's world-building.
1: Fair, fair. You know what I just realized, Joy? You know, Joy is is someone who likes everything in the house to have a place. And I just realized maybe that's one of the things that you like about silos, because, like, ostensibly, there's a purpose for most— not everything, but like most objects in the, in it the It is silo. extremely
0: orderly. Yeah. And I also, it's not wasteful because it can't afford to be. Um, and another thing maybe you don't know about me is that um, I volunteered in a number of libraries to just file books. Like the idea of like these endless cavernous spaces where everything has a spot, like that that vibe is very, mm-hmm. very, very appealing to me. Um I volunteered at university libraries and public libraries alike. Um, And so, yes, I think it probably does speak to some of my particular jam.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Well, uh, before we move on, I want to mention that this episode of Decoding TV and This Week in Streaming is brought to you by the McDonald's app. You know what I bet? I bet that the people in the silo would love to be able to order McDonald's and get it, you know, get that food really, really fast. But that's what you living in the pre-silo era can do right here today. Uh If you want McDonald's for lunch, but you don't want to deal with a lunch rush, just download the McDonald's app, order ahead, pick my location, select curbside or counter, and you can pick up your food when you get there. They prep it while you're on the way. Order in the app and select curbside or counter. That's it. Again, choose, not my location, Your whatever location you're at, you know, Um and uh, if you've got somewhere to be, you don't want to wait in line, order ahead the McDonald's app. Again, pick your location, select curbside or counter, McDonald's will get it ready while you're on the way so it's hot and fresh and you can pick up your food faster at the curbside or counter when you get there. Now, if in the case of this show, people uh, in the show often go on somewhere. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a job they got to do uh, and I bet you that uh, if you're if you're rushing from uh, if you're rushing down 45 flights of stairs, Having a McDonald's meal right ready for you when you are there to pick it up would be uh, pretty advantageous, I think. Don't you think, so? I think you
0: could send a porter. You know, there are mm. a lot of porters that you see going up and down the stairs. I do think it would not be fast, fresh, and ready for you to eat. So, you know, in that way, the McDonald's real world is probably better than the silo world.
1: I completely agree. So order in the McDonald's app to save time. You can order ahead. Prep while you're on the way excludes drive through at participating McDonald's. Copyright 2023 McDonald's. Thanks to McDonald's for sponsoring Decoding TV. We really appreciate it. All right. Let's get to some specific topics. We've already talked about a little bit about the structure of the show. Um, but, yeah, this is a fairly nonlinear structure. We're bouncing back in time. Uh, we're losing key characters in every episode like it's kind of unpredictable when and where we're going to be in any given episode. Uh so Joe, how's that working for you?
0: Well, I'm curious for you how clear you are on what is still a mystery versus what is resolved. So for instance, I think the big question of the first episode is what happened to Allison? Yeah who is Holston's wife, the one who works in IT and meets up with the hacker.
1: Well, well, the show presents what, in my opinion, is an irresistible mystery. And that that mystery is what is outside the silo. But it's also like a connected mystery to that is when people say they're going to go outside, right? The construct is if you're going to go outside the silo um, – <laughs> Basically the rule of the pact is once you express that you're going to go outside your punishment is like that's a negative thing to do your punishment is you then must be able to go outside right that's yeah. that's the construct um now there are sensors like a camera basically that looks out into the world and if you go outside they basically say to you hey we're sending you out to your death but by the way we'd really love it If you could just on your way out, like it's kind of the, uh, when you're in uh, a airport airplane bathroom, they're like, Hey, can you do me a favor and wipe off the counter for the next, uh, you know, uh, flyer along in the plane with you. And as Jerry Seinfeld put it, like, what are, what am I in the fraternity of airline flyers? Like, why am I doing this kind thing for this other random person? Well, same, same concept. The idea is if you're in the silo and you leave the silo, uh, you will clean the sensor. Uh, well, that, you will
0: be given all the material to clean yes. the sensor. But will you choose to do it with your well, 30 saying, seconds or 60 seconds of remaining life?
1: They ask you to. They, they're, they're like, hey, we, yeah. we we hope that you will clean. Like, they they read these words to you. And as you leave, they're like, we hope you'll clean the sensor. Hey, can you please clean the sensor? That would be great. Um and because
0: the sensor goes years without being cleaned, and there's some post-apocalyptic dust storm, you know, that is clouding <laughs> the sensor, and it's the only way they can tell what's going on outside. Yeah, it's like a camera visual. that looks out into the
1: world where you see, yeah. like, you know, dead things and a wasteland and all that stuff.
0: So it's a and huge solid you're doing for the ten thousand. Huge! So- oh
1: my gosh, huge solid. And then Rashida Jones asks an extremely obvious question, which is, why do people clean the sensor at all? Like. If at the point that you are being exiled out of the society and you're wanting to leave, you'd think people emerging out the front would just GTFO. They'd be like, F the sensor. I'm out of here. Why does everyone clean the sensor? Uh, And that, to me... And
0: and many of the people who are sent out to clean, quote unquote, sent out to die, in fact, vow that they will not clean the sensor. And then they do it.
1: So it makes absolutely no sense. And then Rashida Jones says... Hey, um, if I go out into the world and things are actually good, like things are nice and and not as depicted on the sensor, then I will clean. And that's how you'll know that what you're being shown is a lie. Did I get that right? This
0: is what she says to her husband. Yes. She also says, I have a theory that the reason they all clean is because it's actually okay out there and they want to show everyone Mm. it's okay. Yeah. you know like uh you've you've been misled
1: yeah and that that is that is a th- the central mystery of the show to me so far is like what happened with Rashida Jones's character what happened with David Oyelowo o- Now, we see David Oyelowo go outside things seem to be nice but David Oyelowo still dies so it's like
0: well let's let's back up yeah. there's one other thing well there are a couple other things that lead Allison to choose this fate for herself
1: yeah rashida jones one character,
0: yeah is that she meets up with the hacker and she can't, like, just like Marion Cotillard in Inception, she has an idea incepted in her mind that she cannot let go of. He manages to find a hard drive with files from before this rebellion 140 years ago, prior to which there is no recorded history of the silo. And there's a big, you know, kind of A.D. and B.C., and B.C., they know nothing, basically, about their own past, yeah. why the silo was created, what's the nature of the threat out there, when can this all go back to, quote unquote, normal, if ever, what would normal even look like, et cetera. In that hard drive, she finds a file, which is somebody's cleaning, what they saw while they were cleaning, mm-hmm. and the world is fine. The same tree that they see from their sensor is actually fine. Those skies are blue. The grass is green. There is a flock of birds flying by in a V formation. The world is okay. And she cannot let go of the idea that they have been lied to and that everything is actually all right out there. Yeah. That so this a, was the image that was captured when this other person went out to clean.
1: So it's a very matrixy, kind of conceit, right? The idea Very that much this, so. this world is a lie and there is another world beneath it that you're not aware of. Uh, not necessarily beneath it in this case, in this case above it. Yes. Uh, and that to me is the central mystery. Like what happened to David Oyelowo, uh, his to um, Holston? What do David- you
0: think happened to Allison?
1: I mean, based on what we have b- been presented so far, it seems as though... Um, Anyone who leaves the silo is still killed uh, or dies, but, um, but not because it's poison post apocalyptic out there. Like there's some other reason that they die. Because we see David A.L. go out there, he takes the, his uh, suit off, and I was thinking, oh, then the, the poison was in the suit, and that's why, but then he dies anyway. So uh, I was like, okay, so maybe there's something hmm. still inhospitable to life. So you keep
0: asking what happened to Holston, you keep answering that. And
1: what what do you think happened to
0: Allison? And because I smug book reader, I know the answer, but I'm just like curious, like what do you think? I
1: I haven't been able to come up with it. Like I what we what we see in the show is Allison goes outside, she cleans the sensor. So then she's like, this cleaning the sensor is a sign, Harry, everything you believe is a lie, right? Like that's that's her signal. That everything you believe is, is a lie, right? Yep. Because she's basically like, if I go out there and what you see is what you get, then I'm not going to clean the sensor. I'm just booking it out of it. I'm just r- running away because life is
0: pointless. Um, so I, and it, I, it's my, a moment my, my, of triumph, right, for the viewer. Because you're like, oh, my God, then this show is going to yeah. be about them breaking out of the silo and going and reclaiming their lungfuls of fresh air.
1: My current theory is that virtually everything that you see on the sensor is uh like not real in some way. Like that's that that wasn't actually her or it was a simulation of her cleaning the sensor or something like or that. Or there's
0: that's like a Photoshop generative yes. fill kind of situation. Okay.
1: I mean, I just saw on MKBHD's channel on YouTube that like Google has this new really cool concept of um, it's like this big wall you sit, sit in front of. And basically, it, it, it can seem like you're interacting with somebody right beyond the wall. Do you know what I'm saying? But the, in fact, they're on the other side of the world. It's through like, they create a 3D model of your body. And then when you like look ah! around it, you can still like see, it looks like their actual body. Um, and it looks like they're actually there, but they're actually across the world. Anyway, that's that technology basically exists today to create really a simulated scary. person. So... Uh, I just don't have any confidence that um, that the, anything you're seeing on the sensor is real. Also, uh, NA in the chat, as we're broadcasting live at YouTube.com slash DecodingTV, is saying um, they show the real outside world when they turn off the power to fix the generator. I don't know if that's quite what happened, NA. like When they turned off the power to fix the generator, we see it's green outside. But it blips for a second, and it's like not clear what we're seeing. It's it's an amazing moment in the show.
0: It is so cool. It's um, chilling. What? Yeah, yeah. When
1: you, when they turn off the power for the generator, and it's like you see a glimpse of the outside, but is it really the outside, or is it again a simulation of some kind? You know, we 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 don't know. We don't know. So anyway, all right. Well, now let
0: let me clarify. No. Um, I know "quote unquote" what happens in the book. I am not necessarily convinced that the identical thing happens in the show. But if I just focus on what was in the show, because I had a reaction to it, and that was actually before I went out and bought the book. um, I thought that what I watched was Rashida Jones cleans the sensor, and that is really Rashida Jones, and she is really giving a signal Mm -hmm. to her husband. And she really thinks she's going to make it, and yet Mm. she still doesn't make it up the hill that other people have not made it up, and she collapses. I believe she's really dead in that location. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that when two years later, he goes out to clean, um, some really screwed up things happen. One is he's looking around and it looks like the world is, sky's blue, grass is green, but he sees the same bird formation fly by.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: As what she had seen. And I think it's not real. What he's yeah. being
1: shown—that's that's what I said. That's what I said, right? Yeah.
0: But that—that's not the same as what the sensor shows. You're saying okay. what the sensor shows in the cafeteria is not real. I'm saying what he is seeing inside his little spacesuit mm, that they okay. stitch together is not real. Mm-hmm. And so he um, is in there and starts to feel sick, and takes off the helmet. Yeah. And is dying anyway. And whether that's because of something that was inside the suit or something that was outside the suit, it almost doesn't matter. Because he stumbles to where she is. Yeah. And we know he has his helmet off so he can see her with his actual eyes. And he basically dies holding her hand or the hand of her corpse. Which, ugh, brutal. I mean, just like emotionally was really beautiful moment. Um, and so I think it's unclear what's killing them. But I think it is pretty clear that the green skies is a program or the green grass blue skies is some kind of generated image.
1: Right. Yeah. I I don't want to spend too much more time speculating on it. But suffice to say, we've put some guesses out there. I, I would agree with you that like virtually nothing we're being shown is actually what is true. But I, I think that at the end of the day, it's very likely that David O'Yellow and Rashida Jones's character are actually dead in the in the world. I hotel.
0: think they're actually dead. That, that's, that's my that best seems, guess.
1: That seems very. But likely. We
0: don't know how. Yeah. Um, well, so, okay.
1: Did you have a follow? Well, there's on that just or?
0: there's yeah yeah there's one other like big mystery like what do you think George is doing with this like second tunnel area that's underneath the silo with a lake in it you know and there the machine is parked there and like what do you think? All of that is about.
1: So you're talking about George Wilkins, um, the Rebecca Ferguson's character's main squeeze in the show.
0: Is that yes? It? And the hacker who talked to Allison and found the hard drive.
1: Yeah. Um, I have absolutely no idea. I'm not even gonna speculate on that one. Okay. But great. I would say that that's another that's another um, mystery. The other the other big mystery is like what is Judicial up to? Like what is their game? How does it relate to what the founders are? We're trying to accomplish. Like what happened with the founders and the rebellion. You know, these are all questions that are that the show, I think, introduces.
0: Yeah, um, and you know, I really thought we were going to have a giant reveal of this big bad in Judge Meadows, who is referred to in these like yeah. you know, scared tones so many times. And then I think we met Judge Meadows in episode five, and I was like, "That's it. Like this person seems very like chill and reasonable." So.
1: Yeah. I, I think, it did, was that explicitly Judge Meadows? I don't
0: I don't, I don't actually know. <laughs>
1: so. I don't know if we have met, so as we're recording this, I'm not sure if we've met Judge Meadows. So I'm so, like, sorry if we did or did not. Feel free to let us know at DecodingTV at gmail.com. But there was this woman that Common is next to that you and I thought, is that Judge Meadows, right? That's that's kind of what yeah, we exactly. Yeah, so. exactly.
0: Uh, okay. Well, okay, we think the big mysteries are medium unclear. I think that's where you're landing on it
1: medium unclear in the sense of like the answers to them like the plot right?
0: so far to you feels medium unresolved
1: absolutely to completely yeah that's that's right but those those are the th- those are the big mysteries now and, and as i said earlier it's like okay the the character work outside of those is like mm, you know it's okay it's not amazing like uh the, the show is spending a lot of time on rebecca ferguson's character of juliet you know juliet's relationship to her mother, uh, her father, that woman, uh, you know, Caroline from Succession, um, like uh, Stibbs' in,
0: mom, AKA, I think in this, she's her last name is Walker. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know, in in the workshop, like it's spending a lot of time, and it's like, those, you know, those it's fine. Like, there's nothing in those that I'm. Oh, you have to, you know, there's nothing about it that's like you got you got to watch the show for the Juliet Walker connection. You know, like it's like it's it's not bad. It's just like, it's, it's completely fine. Most of the show is about like unraveling this mystery. And to that degree, I think the show is moving at a really fast clip. Um, NA in the chat also says Rebecca Ferguson is so great. And I agree, you know, she's obviously very compelling screen presence. So definitely don't mind watching her in anything, but um, yeah, that's, that's the main reason I'm watching the show right now is like, what's going on with the mysteries? Joy, Other than the vibes, like, are there any, and and the world building, which we'll talk about momentarily, is there anything about these relationships that really sticks out to you or that you feel like makes a show worth recommending?
0: I don't think this show is about relationships of people to each other. This show is about your relationship to the social order and can you make it work. Um either when you're assigned spot, like there's just so few degrees of freedom, you know, like let's say you're Julia, you're 13, your father, um, your mother and brother both passed away. Like what, what options do you have to try Mm -hmm. to find a home that feels more suitable to you? If you're angry at your dad, for whatever reason, you know, like, um, so I actually think it's really more about your relationship to the collective. Mm hmm the work of continuing to exist feels just so such a big question at all times. Suicide is a crime against the silo, you know? So I, I feel like it's a, I'm, I'm extremely interested in that question and maybe I'm like a little bit detached in the way that I look at it, but I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm not as invested in two people's relationship to each other as like, like Rashida Jones finding out that she cannot conceive because her birth control implant was never taken out. That's about her relationship to the system of control there, right? Yeah. And her desire to have a f- child. Like, so I, I just feel um, it it rises above the, el- the level of, like, symbolism for me. Like, I do feel for the individual characters, but not in a, like, relationships to each other
1: way. Yeah, and, and a huge part of that relationship between the person and the collective does rely on the world building, right? And let's talk a little bit about the world building because there's so yeah, yeah. many a- aspects about the world building that uh, there are many aspects that are great. And there are many that are, I'll just say, if not bad, then at the very least unresolved. Okay.
0: What? Okay. All right. Let's get into it.
1: You, you and I had a, a big like debate about if they're in the silo, like why wouldn't they have some kind of pulley system to hoist yes. stuff up and down? <laughs> Why would they have some kind of elevator so that you didn't walk down like 30 flights of stairs if you want to visit your friend, right? They do have a system of porters, which are basically the, the silo version of couriers that take stuff up and down. And it's like, that doesn't make any sense that it would be th- that way. And then in episode, I think, five, it's made clear by, I want to say, Walker's character that, yes. hey, the, the fathers um, made a rule that you can't have any kind of mechanization for moving up and down the silo. (laughs) And it's like, Oh, okay. Uh, Well, uh, maybe they're going to have a good explanation for that, you know? Um, But, but, uh, here, that's the, that's the fundamental problem, joy with any complaints I have about how unrealistic anything is, is because at some point later on in the show, they might say, well, the found, the founding father's, said that that was what was, or the founders, I think they're called. The founders said it had to be that way, right? So I'll just say, I take as an example. Um, the silo is incredibly spacious, right? Like you would think that given the limited number of space, a limited amount of, you know, footage between the surface and the water that's below the digger on the bottom floor, that they would try to retain as much space as possible. But first of all, there's tons of open air everywhere. Um, f- like people's uh, living quarters have like huge tall ceilings for being underground when you'd expect height to be at a premium. Uh, so there's just all these little things that are like, that's not how that would work in real life. But then it's like, okay, well maybe the founders made it that way. You know? So, how do like,
0: you know, David, exa- have you designed an underground silo that people live in for at a minimum 140 years and probably way more?
1: Mm-hmm. You uh, need ha-
0: tall ceilings to not lose your mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is true. Clearly I don't know anything about architecture. Uh, but yeah, it just feels like. Would you really have cows that you raise? No, the cows
0: it? really drive me crazy. Co-
1: cow, like, and it's like we all know cows are like, like meat is like an extremely inefficient form of feeding people, right? Just in general, because you need because sun hits the ground, it grows plants. Cows then eat the plants, then humans eat the cows. That's like a very inefficient form of energy transfer. Uh, much much more efficient to just eat plants. But nope, in the silo, people can have cakes and eat cows and whatever, and and that's useful because uh, in many ways, like the silo is like a class story because the people in uh, the up top and the mids and the down lows, like, they all live different lives and they perceive each other differently, but it's kind of about as realistic as Snowpiercer. Do you know what I mean? We're like... Woof. No, I mean, Snowpiercer is like an amazing movie, but if you think about it for more than like eight minutes, it's like, why does that doesn't make any sense. Like you would never be able to train that way. You know, like it doesn't make any sense. Um, it's great as a metaphor, but then you need to, th- then silo as a show needs to work for 10 hours. That said, joy, I think you're much more forgiving on the world building than me. So tell me about what your thoughts are.
0: Because I think there are. Okay. I, I think the cows are, and, and everyone knows how inefficient cows are. The beef is just like the most water intensive, you know, right. Way to try to get food into humans. Um, but, but um I do believe they would have some animals and I do believe like if you can set aside the belief that space is at a premium vertically, mm-hmm. then I actually think a lot of the rest of it can work. Um And, you know, what we have just witnessed at the end of episode five is this ceremony where um Mayor Johns and Marins are buried and they're buried in. An orchard, basically, because their bodies will compost and become literally like the fruit that other people eat. There's like a finite amount of, yeah, and, and nitrogen, I was so phosphorus, with and potassium, which is like the three elements we need to like, yeah. you know, continue to produce crops.
1: I have spoken at length on this very podcast about how when I die, I would like to be composted. I don't want to be in a casket or anything like that. I would like to, like, become part of the earth and, you know, and, and so on. And so I love that idea. It's very beautiful. That is then completely undercut by everyone taking a bite out of an apple and throwing it into the ground. Because it's like, dude. If this Why is, is it a post- undercut? Because it's like apples would be at a huge premium. Like
0: I think what you're saying – I'm saying is things are not at a premium. There's an unlimited amount of steam energy. So you just got to buy that, okay? Yeah. Which yeah. just <laughs> – I don't in America because they all have American accents. You know, yeah. another thing is I truly believe this is not the only silo. There's no yes. way you would build this once. So um, what? why just, do you, why, why do you feel that way? Yeah. It's, so- it's too it's sophisticated so- of a design. It has like a custom built machine. It feels like this is probably where the machine went to park after building out different other silos. Hmm. Okay.
1: Uh you do bring up a good point though, which is that this is clearly in America. Why do we know that? Because they have tons of British actors doing American, doing American accents.
0: accents. And there's With no very, reason very very uneven results.
1: Oh, yeah. It's painful. It's painful because it's like these are all the greatest actors like some of the great actors of our time.
0: Absolutely.
1: And they're do you know, Ian Glenn, you know, is is in the show and he's, he's doing an American For accent sure. thing. <laughs> yeah, right. And it's like, why so Fine. Like, they had to do American accents because something about them being in America is important to the story. I don't think we know exactly what yet. But, um, yeah, okay, fine. You know, let, let's talk about some of the things that are cool about the silo, though, right? Like,
0: Okay, but, um, but let me ask you this. Yeah. V- you keep using the word vibe, which I, I find a little bit, you know,
1: pedantic Disparaging.
0: slash pejorative, yes, um, for how I enjoy the show. But, like, how do you... Like On a scale of one to ten, how happy would you be to live in the silo uh
1: well, the question is how happy am I living on planet Earth and then like how how would the silo compare to that? How about that right um
0: Oh, okay. So, like, you're saying, like, our current post-apocalyptic yeah. I'm saying if like I'm if if I'm a six in the silo, and the that's the one. Yeah, if I'm
1: if I'm saying I'm a um, I'm a six in the silo, you might say, oh, that's pretty bad. But I'm like, what if I'm just a seven in the real world? You know what I'm saying?
0: Okay, okay, um, yeah, yeah. All right, fine, fine. Go ahead, calibrate for us.
1: Well, what? So here's the question: Is like, what are the compromises you make when you live in the silo? Right. No sunlight. No sunlight. That's a big. That's a big give up. That's a big give up.
0: Rigid social order. <laughs> No
1: iPhones. Re, 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 yeah, no iPhones. Um, <coughs> no social media. Uh, population no heavily, population heavily controlled, so you can't heavily like
0: controlled.
1: Re, yeah. reproduction heavily controlled because uh, uh, again, like it, it makes the no, the reason that totally would,
0: makes sense.
1: The, no, 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 no. Of course, it makes sense to control the population, but you would do that if resources are extremely li- resources and space are extremely limited. So then you need to be extremely deliberate. About how you use that space, which, in my opinion, does not involve taking a bite out of an apple and throwing it into a grave, even as just like a ceremonial thing. It's like you need those apples. Like, it, you, this, just, what do you think,
0: David? David, apples grow on, on trees underground. Apples okay. are cheap, <laughs> and people can only have so many babies. Both things are true in this world, and there are no pulleys. How much? How happy are you to live in the silo? <sighs>
1: Uh, so I'm trying to think of the advantages of living here. Let's talk about what's great about living in the silo, okay? We talked about crime. some of the downsides. What'd you say, Joy? Low crime. <laughs> Relatively low crime, although um, until
0: very recently, very low murder rate seems to be going through the roof. But we
1: we don't know that. Maybe it's been equally covered up in the past as well. Um, I
0: here's think it's what's pretty strongly implied that it has not, because they very rarely have sent people out to clean.
1: Here's what's uh, here's another advantage. Uh, seemingly high social mobility, someone from the down lows can become sheriff with seemingly no training whatsoever. Uh, the, the, requir- the job requirement seems to be the other sheriff, the, uh, the outgoing sheriff liked you. You know, that's, uh, that's the thing. Um, NA in the chat says, uh, close-knit community. Probably Very lots of knit. friends and social, commu- uh, social cohesion. You know what this reminds me of? I, I was uh, watching some videos about this recently. Whittier, Alaska. We talked about this a little bit, Joy. Whittier, Alaska is a city with a population of around 300 people, and most of the population lives in a single building. Now, different than the silo because they can go outside and, you know, uh, go fishing or, you know, go hiking or whatever. So it's like, it's a uh, very different thing but it's like oh like everyone in the in Whittier knows each other you know like everyone knows who each other are and there's something there's some value in being able to live in a place where like everyone knows each other and uh people help each other out and you know there's like a nice sense of community there so uh uh, probably the entertainment options are limited
0: oh probably yes are we down to negatives now?
1: Yeah, sorry, I just instinctively went back to the negatives. Um, well, but what else is? Uh, I guess the silo looks kind of cool. You get a lot of exercise because you don't you can't take elevators. So if you if you're going to your job, you need to you always yeah. need to climb like eight flights of stairs or whatever it is. Yeah. And so you, most most of the people in the silo seem pretty um, uh, fit, is what I'll say. You know what I'm saying?
0: Okay. Because you
1: have to be. Um, Seemingly, uh, Christian Majewski in the chat says, "Seemingly, no homelessness or extreme poverty." Another, another example, yeah, of uh, advantage in asylum. Uh Yeah, so there's some benefits. It's not like a complete, complete terribleness. Uh, I would say, on a, on a scale of one everything,
0: there's with- socialized education, socialized
1: healthcare. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, like, there's probably like three doctors, and if you don't like, you know, any of them, then you're out of luck. So it's like that's mm. that's also done. If you don't like a sheriff, you're like, guess what? You can't just pack up and move town to a new sher- where there's a new sheriff. You know, so you have to deal with people as they are, which would probably be the okay. biggest downside for me. Is so, this
0: coming toward a number?
1: Yeah, I would just say whatever my joy at living on planet Earth would be. Subtract out of ten, subtract three to four points. You know?
0: Okay, okay. So, yeah. so pretty decent.
1: Yeah, it's not doesn't seem hellish or or anything other than the. Uh, government that seeks to control information and keep its population subdued. Oh, where have I heard that before? Anyway,
0: um, got it. I, I, I think the show version of the silo is that people are living pretty decent lives.
1: Yeah, I think they right.
0: have sheet cake when it's somebody's birthday. They have playtime for the children. The children aren't forced into labor. There's an apprentice program where you can find your future passion. You know, like it feels like there's a lot of the better parts of society, you know, the socialized healthcare and, you know, uh, yes. Uh, considering that it's in a post-apocalyptic healthscape, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think for me, uh, the one thing I want to just sprinkle in from the book is that it's very obvious from the first page of the book, the silo is not, it it may be functioning happily, but the physical silo is breaking down. Like Mm -hmm. the stairs in the silo in the book are made of metal. And that metal is starting to curve in the middle of the stair because it just wasn't meant for people to climb it year after year after year, so many thousands of people. And so there's this sense of, kind of suffocating that you're you're waiting for the whole thing to fall apart and you're just hoping that you make it or that your children make it as long as you do long enough to outlast whatever the horribleness is outside does that make sense
1: yeah i don't think we get that sense of dread in the show um we get i don't think so
0: either it's a much more horror kind of feel in the,
1: in, in the book yeah in, in the, the show they they do nod to that with the generator breaking down you Know and there is, there are some ominous elements to the show. Like, there's something running things, there's someone at judicial that has you know, uh, bad plans for some of the people, and you do get a sense that like uh, every now and then someone innocent is caught up in the dragnet and like things go badly for them. Yeah, but all but- the
0: problems of the silo in the show are the problems we have in the real world, right? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, politics and um, you know her fights and control over other people control over other people's reproduction is like a real thing we have as a fight in america um but i think there's also a sense in silo the book that they're all on this life raft and just trying to cling on as long as possible mm-hmm. and that that is a different um right
1: in the show it's world like people would be comfortable living in the silo for their whole lives and not even And it's
0: not we're going to run out of apples, you know. It's like it's not the circular things that are the problem. It's the clearly, things that you can't make more of.
1: Right. Clearly <laughs> clearly no one is concerned about <laughs> apple longevity except for silo, you for sure. Yeah. I um, think they but,
0: did the apples just cuz it was a super cool visual.
1: It is a, is it is it's an awesome visual, but it's just like Yeah. Wow, I guess they really don't care about like <laughs>
0: If it's, a- it's this person is so precious that I will waste an apple in their memory. That's the point, right? It feels like a very honorary thing to do. Not like these I, apples are our trash. I guess, but...
1: Yeah, all right. I don't want to harp on the Maybe, maybe there's some de- decoding TV listener out there that also is bothered by the apples, but I don't want to harp on it because 90% of the listeners are probably like, Dave, shut up about the apples. So that's fine. Um, but I think that... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, one it's uh it's notable that uh there is no sense of scarcity there's very little sense of scarcity in the silo. Um it does seem like people can live happy fruitful verdant lives uh within the silo and uh
0: It's maybe not abundance, but it's not scarcity.
1: Yeah, and and but what that means is that the thing that's kind of driving people to leave is Purely curiosity. It's not, you know, what I'm saying, like, it makes it, so, it refocuses that need to leave as like, I need to know the truth. I need to know what's out there, as opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. we need to get out there to save our asses. Like, it, you know, and that in in its own way is somewhat more compelling than if they they had multiple reasons for leaving. Do you know what I mean?
0: Have you ever seen the Dutch movie The Vanishing? Yes, I have. That movie came to mind for me several mm, times while yeah. watching, especially the David Oyelowo and um, you must experience she what she experienced. Line.
1: You must experience what you experience. But it's basically. I do
0: not want to give away anything about The Vanishing. And then there's sort of like a not great American remake with Kiefer Sutherland, I think. Um, But I I thought about that movie constantly because I am an extremely curious person. I probably would go clean just to figure out what was out there, even though I knew it would kill me. Absolutely. There's Um, no
1: question in my mind that you would do that. Yeah.
0: Thank you. Thank you. It's good to know oneself. It
1: wasn't a compliment. It wasn't a compliment. It was just a statement of fact.
0: Well, so in my head, I was like, here's what I'll do. I'm wait till I'm like about 78 and then I'm like not having a good day. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm going out to clean. I just got to know. <laughs> um, and I'll, uh, rub twice if, uh, things are bad and I'll rub once if, uh, yeah, I don't know what I would do as a
1: signal. <laughs> na in the chat says i didn't think the silo was quite as decent as you guys think you're still trapped underground lol how much do you guys hate the real world that this is a toss-up <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying i'm not saying i hate the real world that much i'm just saying there are some real trade-offs you know and i i will say like living in the united states it, we are not a collective society like we're not a yes like a collective society in, in the sense that um, it's a very individualistic society, whereas like the silo is clearly like everyone needs to care for each other or else you're dead. Um, and there, is, I, I can understand why that is appealing to some people. Uh, so much so
0: that your continued existence is a requirement, right? Like that, the again, mm-hmm. that the committing suicide is a crime against the silo. There are a lot
1: um, of questions about what what the founders were like, what was, what was the rebellion? Oh, and here's the thing. Here's the thing that really threw me for a loop is it is extremely unclear what people in, in the silo have been taught from the old world. Um, so they seem to understand medical science. They seem to understand doc, like medicine and being doctors and stuff, but they don't know what stars are. Uh, like one of the characters is like, yeah, there's these lights in the sky and I don't know what they are. And it just made me ponder, like, I guess you could teach chemistry without teaching stars. That's possible. But a lot of science is connected to each other. You know what I mean? Like, And so I am curious, like, what people in the silo have been taught versus what has been withheld, this full scope of which has not been made clear to the audience yet. Absolutely. So, yeah. yeah.
0: All right. Uh, so I think this actually leads to, like, my big overarching question, which is what do you think – we started to talk about this because you described the show as a mystery box and that really surprised me. Do, what, how would you describe the show? Like, what do you think the show is or is about?
1: I, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. It's like, I, at this point, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think it raises a lot of interesting questions, right? About, as you said, the relationship of a person to the collective, um, the shaping of how information is shaped and how populations are controlled. There's a lot of discussion about like, oh, we need to give people a reason to be happy. You, you don't really get a sense of what the people feel like very much, you know. Um, which is, I think, is is a downside of the show. Like, are, are most people happy in the silo? Are most people miserable? I don't. I don't think you really get that sense. We see them celebrating Freedom Day. We see them celebrating the race to the top and stuff. And so it's like, we oh,
0: they celebrate when they clean.
1: Yeah. So so may, maybe they're like basically what i get a sense of is like this is a group of people that has been pacified by the ostensible celebrations that the government has presented them but like are, are they happy are they actualized i don't know i don't think so you know who knows um what is the show about I, I don't yeah i don't know I don't you know,
0: know i i think halfway through the first season and i intentionally stopped my reading to kind of be at the same place i think the show is trying to be a thriller like a post-apocalyptic thriller that if it's not a puzzle box where it's like, oh, there were clues all along and you could have pieced it together. Um, to me, that's like a mystery p- puzzle box show where mm-hmm. you could have put it together. Um, when someone is just solving a crime and you're like a step behind them, to me, that's a little or at I the see. same more, pace. More as it, me, that's yeah. more of a thriller. Yeah. Um, and I think it's that because you have to have some reason to keep following what were initially a somewhat semi-disconnected set of stories with different protagonists um, in the way that it was written. But where I hope it's going <laughs> is a darker place um, because what I think would really happen in any, maybe this says something dark about me, but I really think it would become Shirley Jackson's The Lottery if we had this dynamic in real life. I don't think people are very easy to pacify. And I hope that they get into what is the cost of the pacification. Do you understand what I'm saying?
1: I I agree. I mean, in many ways it already is. Like sending people out to quote-unquote clean, and then they die as a spectator sport, that's very similar to the lottery already. So, But I agree. There are many darker elements of the story that are as yet unexplored. Um, and I don't know that the show has been fully artic like has fully articulated any uh, of this yet. It's if anything, these I think que- it's very
0: yeah. optimistic that these people haven't turned on each other, or turned to addiction, or turned to like you know whatever else could darker impulses they might have.
1: They hint at those things. They hint at like, oh, we can't shut down the electricity. What about marauding bands of thieves that are going to go around and killing everyone? It's like none of that ever happens, you know. Uh, yeah maybe they hint
0: at it too lightly yeah
1: yeah so i i I would love for it to take that direction um but so far i don't know that the show has said that much about anything yet like it's it's it it has laid the groundwork to be able to do that i think so i'm not saying it's complete waste of time or anything but i'm saying i don't know that i felt like oh yeah the show clearly is saying this about you know misinformation the show is clearly making a statement about collective action you know like i don't I don't think so, but Joy, let me know if you think I'm wrong about that.
0: No, no, no. I, I think it's a very open question. Yeah. And again, I do think there's some distinction with the book, but you know, I'm not all the way through, so I don't want to overstate that.
1: Well, we are going to watch the show all the way to the end, and then we will decide at the end of the first season if it did, in fact, have anything interesting to say. It, again, a lot of cool questions, a lot of cool stuff. It's got my head spinning and thinking about a lot of things, and that's great. That's Not many shows can do that, and so that in and, it's, in and of itself has value. Joy, before we get to, before we wrap this up and get to like, our favorite quotes, um did you have anything else to say about how the show compares to the book?
0: Um you know there are minor differences and there are some major differences like there are characters that don't exist in the book that are um brought into the show. Um there are sort of biographical details that have changed and I think they tend to create more continuity and more of a sense that the sheriff and his wife's choices more directly kick off all of Uh, what we're seeing. Um, But I certainly recommend it. Like I do think it is its own different, easy to read, um, stifling, horrifying reflection on what it would be like to be buried alive with 10,000 other people.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I really get that. Sense of like claustrophobia and self-containedness from the show yet, you know. To yeah, me, it feels yeah. like the show. It, to, to me, it feels like there's still worlds the show has yet to even show us. Like there's other culture subcultures within the the silo that I don't think we've seen yet. You know, so
0: yeah. Well, I think yeah. you know I actually appreciate that it's sort of taking its time showing us different parts of the yeah. world. um You know, and I I find it admirably low on exposition. Yeah. So I appreciate that. I think it's a good sit. <laughs>
1: Well, the season finale of Silo will air on June 30th of 2023. And so when that happens, we'll be back and we will discuss what we thought of the season as a whole. You can find more episodes of this podcast at podcast.decodingtv.com. Email us at decodingtv at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying This Week in Streaming, you can support Decoding TV by becoming a paid member at decodingtv.com. Get early access to episodes and ad-free episodes over there at decodingtv.com. Uh, next week we're going to be covering Barry, so be sure to stay tuned for that. It should be pretty interesting to talk about a show that has changed tones quite a quite many times uh, over the. So course next of... week
0: you'll be covering Barry and looking back on the whole season. Is that right? Is it season finale? Yeah, season or and the whole finale. series. Yeah.
1: Series wow. Finale, yeah.
0: yeah. Succession and Barry. Is this like a death in your family feeling? Mm-hmm. Two things you've like really looked forward to.
1: I know over the years. I know it's going to be a huge bummer, but. Keep it tuned in to Decoding TV. We'll be talking about all of it. All right, Joy, let's talk about favorite quotes from the episode. We'd like to wrap up talk about favorite quotes. Any, any quotes that stick out to you? Do, do you have one? I do.
0: Okay, why did you go first?
1: Well, one of the things I really like about the show, uh, okay, so I, I should have acknowledged this a little bit more, but one of the world-building elements that I really like is anytime they're quoting from the pact, I think is very effective. Like it's it's very believable to me because the pact is this uh, code that binds them all together, and their constitution. Yeah, yeah, and it's like it feels very. This is what people would actually come up with, you know. Like this feels feels very true to life. And so there is a scene when David Oyelowo's character is reading kind of the instructions for his sending off his wife. Oh. Uh, And it's a it's a beautiful, painful scene. Really well acted. Uh, and I I love that whole sequence. And one of the you know he that whole thing is the quote. But I'll just read an excerpt from it. He says, "Quote on behalf of the people of the silo, I hope that you will clean so that we will better see the world outside uh, our sanctuary as it is, and thereby be reminded that here and safe and here is safe and there is not." End quote. Uh, and that's it's very like regal sounding. Uh, it's very biblical to me. Yeah, very biblical you know, and uh, I thought they did a, the, the writers did a great job nailing the pact. Whoever whoever wrote the pact, that's stuff yeah, was great. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm not sure if that was part of the pact. I, I think it is, you know, I think it's, it's certainly laws derived in connection with the pact at the very least, but yeah, so that was one of my favorite quotes. Anything that stuck out to you, Joy?
0: Well, I struggled to come up with a quote because while that was a lovely passage of writing, to be honest, this isn't, like a succession style show where they're like zingers, you know, driving the screenwriting. Um, So, you know, I, I do have a quote and I could use it or I could use a, a quote from the marketing of the book. I'm going to leave it up to you. I'm
1: going to leave it up to you.
0: I'm going to quote the marketing from the book because after I read this little uh, encapsulation, I, um, it really feels to me like the thesis statement of the entire, both the book and the show, which is if the lies don't kill you, the truth will.
1: Ominous. Ominous. I want to thank it's, Joy. It's of-
0: the terrible choice, right, that, sh- that that Allison faces and that Holston faces, that everyone right. faces in this is like between two impossible outcomes. It's a good tagline. It's a good
1: tagline. Uh, all right. I want to thank Joy Napping for joining me today. Thanks, Joy, for the chat. Uh, I hope you listening welcome. out there enjoyed listening to us talk about it. Uh, And a huge thanks to all the paid members at DecodingTV.com who make this podcast possible.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: If you're enjoying the show, you want to see it continue, become a paid member, and support this podcast. Keep it going long into the future. All right. Next week, it's Barry. Until then. Goodbye. Bye.